Hi, everyone. Welcome to the April update from Rosecut. It'll be a conversation between myself and Mike once again, and we'll cover off what's happened in markets and what we are looking at for the future. Hi, Mike. Thanks for joining us as ever. Hi there. Yeah. Good morning. Yeah, yeah. I think what we'll do this month is just take a quick look back at what's happened because there's been an awful lot going on since our last update. And then we can talk a bit more about what we think is going to happen in the future. So if we just recap where we've come from, I think we've seen a market that's essentially had three phases. The first phase was a relatively calm sell-off where the market fell back, say, around 10%. And that was just sentiment switching from very complacent, very risk-taking to a bit more defensive. But then we saw a second phase, which I refer to as the liquidation phase. And that really started when the Federal Reserve did an emergency interest rate cut, but the stock market still fell. And it was almost like investors were saying to the Federal Reserve, you've lost control of the situation. And we saw the dollar strengthening and we saw people just selling every asset that existed. So it looked a lot like hedge funds and other investment uh, vehicles were being forced into liquidating positions. People were just selling whatever they could to, to get dollars, basically. That phase, we think, ended when the Federal Reserve announced an incredible amount of stimulus, both on the monetary policy side and fiscal side as well. So this is where the US government was getting involved as well, uh, the Treasury, that is. And that was actually the point at which we rebalanced the portfolios. So we looked at what was going on and we saw credit spreads were tightening. So the risk of corporate bonds were, were perceived to be coming down. We saw that the market was now responding positively to what the Federal Reserve had done. So it was as if the Fed had regained control of the market, if you like. And, and we also saw signs that everybody out there, all the strategists, all the fund managers that we read, they were all still very bearish on stocks. And when everyone was that bearish and you're actually seeing positive performance, that's when it's generally a good time to rebalance and actually look to add a bit more to portfolios in the form of equities. So we did this rebalance. We uh, brought portfolios back up to a neutral position on equities and then added a bit more in the form of UK mid-caps. And that came from the cash that we'd had in reserve for this scenario. Since then, we've moved into this third phase, which I think is really the market trying to figure out how to value stocks given what's going on. And there's still a bit of volatility, but it's not the same sort of dramatic moves that we saw in the second phase. We've now seen the Fed come out and say, not only are they going to start buying corporate bonds, including corporate bond ETFs, but recently they've even said they're going to buy high yield ETFs. And that was a cue to us to add a bit more will actually add some exposure to high-yield bonds into client portfolios using some of the money we've had in government bonds. That's where we are right now. I think it'd be good to get your views on what we should be looking at over the next few months, Mike, and what risks and what opportunities you see. Yeah, I think it's a good characterization of the first couple of rounds of this crisis in terms of the initial shock and then people liquidating and then the the rally, which which has been a very strong one, and I think we, we were lucky enough to go into this with, with quite a lot of cash and to have the option to add back some exposure to equities. The policy response, as you say, has been really strong. I looked at a chart recently that showed that the uh, the size of the fiscal response of the U.S. government 
is just higher than the total fiscal response of the authorities in the states during the global financial crisis but it's happened in let's say two or three weeks as opposed to two years so the we, we forget sometimes i think that the world has has really sped up not just in terms of market action but also in terms of where policymakers are i, I think it's good that policymakers have been very accommodative i think the next couple of weeks let's say get to the end of may we'll get the reality check in terms of the impact of the crisis on on economies we've already seen some some really severe data coming out in, in terms of retail sales in, in the states uh, and that if anything just reflects i think just the, the stoppage uh, across the the economy so i think if there's maybe three scenarios from here which i think we'd spoken about in the past one is a very optimistic one which i think is not going to happen which is that we would be effectively back to normal by by after easter some european countries are i think signaling reopening but that comes with heavy restrictions no restaurants until the end of august no large gatherings etc so it's still it's normal but it's still quite restrictive and i think wherever people are they will be taking a whole range of precautions from masks to gel etc the, the other kind of mainstream scenario which i think i still hold to which is that we continue through may and june just to digest some very bad news in terms of the uh, the marking of the economy by the stoppage and the same uh, would be true in, in terms of earnings and then we begin i think to figure out where we're going to go activity levels begin to to pick up you probably at a headline level will see some in three or four months times pick up an in inflation that doesn't mean that people would expect that prices will rise it could actually be the opposite so I, I think the summer really is going to be a normalization and it'll be quite a choppy normalization i think markets will be range bound there's a lot of talk in markets about the market hitting or testing the the lows i think what central banks have done probably ups the the lower bound but that in terms of where markets can trade but i think we still will be in this kind of trading range for uh, the time being and i think for us it would be wise just to, to try and play that trading range sell risky assets at the very very top if we think people are being complacent and then be opportunistic when when you get those bouts of extreme or high volatility and also i think what's beginning to be more clear we can talk about this i think in a later session is the extent to which industries are going to adapt very quickly to to this shock uh, and where new industries are going to grow i mean it's already clear that software data etc is going to benefit from this digital banking with sector we're in i think is is certainly going to to be helped as well and i think we we will probably continue to see many players pivot uh, towards that and and then obviously some of the kind of the more physical economy uh, will take a longer to to basically to get up to speed so that I think just maybe may a summary of the outlook for the uh, for the next couple of months. It, it's interesting the stat that we were talking about before we uh, came onto this recording. The Nasdaq, you know, the tech heavy index is only down two or three percent for the year, which yeah. is incredible given the backdrop. But as you say, some business models will be continuing to operate and perhaps even benefiting from what, what's going on. I think also in terms of the exit strategy from this shutdown. That's probably what stopped us from adding more to equities when we did, because it's still uncertain how easily you can go back to normal and how quickly it can happen. You know, if we need to wait for a vaccine to be developed, and it's going to be some time, if 
you know, some of these European countries do manage to start to operate, not quite as normal, but towards there, then that's more positive for the market. I think the only other thing that I would mention in terms of things that we're looking at is the dollar risk. You know, I've noticed for DXY index, uh, that's still at 100, which is this psychological level that seems to worry people. So that's something I think we're still monitoring. But as you say, if equities do make some headway in this normalization, then um, you'll have the opportunity to um, take some money off the table, having yeah. benefited from our rebalancing now. And I think in the sort of the uh, the more intense period of the crisis, there had been a, a global dollar dollar shortage, uh, as you often have in these periods. So companies, some wealth funds, governments had needed dollars. Many of them had to sell uh, dollar denominated assets to get dollars. I think on some of the, the central bank moves, we've seen an easing in, in where the dollar is. It's beginning to creep up just a bit recently. I mean, in terms of our portfolios, we don't have massive exposure to emerging market assets themselves. But that's maybe one area to, to watch for signs of stress. But I think central banks, and I'm just watching what the Fed has been doing, for example, opening up swap lines with the likes of Indonesia, they are quite alive to the problems that this creates and the contagion it, it can drive across markets. I think the only other thing I'd mention is just uh, some reassurance. Because in the UK, we've seen all of the property funds have <coughs> shut for redemptions. Uh, so it's worth highlighting that the ETFs that we use for client portfolios are unaffected by this. And they yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see if this normalization over the summer leads to us property funds opening up. We'll see. I think that's it for us from this month, unless there's anything else that we uh, want yep, to come for. I think so. No, it's going to be volatile, I think, for the next two months. We've gone into this, I think, reasonably well with that cash position, and we'll just try and navigate this volatility as, as best we can. Yeah, brilliant. Okay. Thank you, Mike. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys.